What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the show that's all about Dunwoody. You haven't heard from us for a while, but uh, we've got a few shows in the hopper back from January, and I'm really going to try to get all of those out and released shortly. If you're new to the show, my name is Matt Weber. I'm a residential real estate agent serving the Dunwoody community. My co-host is Justin Dyke. Justin is the founder of PoolDues.com, an all-in-one back-end billing and reservation software platform for your neighborhood swim and tennis. We're both full-time entrepreneurs working for ourselves. We are both somewhat unemployable at this point, but uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. Today's show is with another hustler who has chosen to work for himself, and a lot of today's conversation on this episode is um, about working on yourself. Lieutenant Colonel Rob Waldo Waldman is the author of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Never Fly Solo. A graduate of the Air Force Academy, Waldo is a decorated combat fighter pilot and an expert in helping leaders and organizations accelerate performance in these changing environments. Waldo overcame massive claustrophobia and a fear of heights to become a fighter pilot. He believes that the key to building a culture of trust lies with your wingmen, the men and women in your life who help you overcome obstacles, adapt to change, and achieve success. In business and life, you should never fly solo. Waldo is a member of the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame, and his clients include Marriott, Hewlett-Packard, UPS, and Verizon. He's been featured on Fox & Friends, CNN, MSNBC, Inc. Magazine, the Harvard Business Review, Um, And now he takes a huge step down to be on our crappy local podcast. This is a conversation we had back in December, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I listened to a lot of business and motivational podcasts, and that's where I heard of Waldo a couple times on those. And then I found out that he lives in Dunwoody, and I knew that we had to have him on the podcast. Our sponsor is Dr. Brett Friedman from Village Orthodontics. Brett has been my orthodontist for about a year now. He's working on my wife's teeth um, to make her even more beautiful than she already is, if that's possible. That compliment probably won't get me very far because she doesn't listen to the show. But we're taking my son Micah to see Dr. Brett next Wednesday, and he is nine. He will begin his journey of straightening his teeth. Um, Orthodontists should really not be feared, though. The Invisalign braces that I've been wearing are an absolute breeze. You can kind of take them out, and when you don't want to wear them, you don't have to wear them. They're only really tight for that one night every few weeks that you have to kind of switch them out. Um, Other than that, you don't really even think about them. Brett and his staff are all extremely nice and great with kids. So if you're curious to learn more, give Village Orthodontics a call. And um, now here's our conversation with my wingman, Waldo. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. We're here with uh, the wingman, Colonel Waldo Waldman. I like your background. So uh, thir- first of all, thanks for your service. You're a, a Dunwoody guy. You're a motivational speaker. Is that what you consider yourself, a motivational yeah, yeah, speaker? Yeah, a leadership speaker and an and executive coach. Leadership. Kind of business stuff. So that, that's what I was excited about. And um, yeah, let's. you want to get into your story a little bit? Look, I, li- I live in Dunwoody. I've been here in, in this part of the area 10 years when I got married. Uh, my wife's from LA and I was living in Vinings at the time where all the good-looking young <laughs> Atlantans live. I, I just love, I love uh, the Vinings, but, you know, got married. And I love the Dunwoody area. My son uh, went to the JCC. Uh, he's now also at the Davis Academy. We're Jewish and I'm raising him Jewish. She's Christian. We've got a multidimensional family. I, I think it's important to, uh, to have God in your life. It, that's just me. Uh, I believe in a, in a true North. It's important in my life and it kind of, uh, is uh is something that I, I believe in but we love Dunwoody because it is family oriented people uh uh are very friendly 
And I wanted to make sure that my wife and my son were in an area where I, I felt comfortable walking down the street and interacting with the folks there. What are your What are some of your fav- favorite places around Dunwoody? You were talking, saying your wife went to Vino Venue. Yeah, the other day, the Vino Venue. She loved it. She's got the the filet mignon steak there, and then they had the little pot outside with a little heater. It was it was awesome. She said in the pot. Nice. Yep. Uh, and then uh, La Crema. I love La Crema. You know, I'm a big. I support the local entrepreneur organizations. I think it's great. They do a phenomenal job there. They have the outdoor seating right now. They pivoted during the pandemic. Uh, I've got my PO box at the UPS store. Uh, supposed to be my client this past year, but I was going to speak to all the UPS store owners in the country. But uh, obviously the pandemic hit. But uh, that I love uh, uh, the uh, what's the Italian place right over there as well. Uh, a little bit more um, Carbonara uh, okay. in the village. Uh, the the, uh, the village behind uh, you know right by the Fresh Market and all that area there. But he does. Okay, I love Italian food, but my wife doesn't, so we never go out. You know, it's kind of whatever she picks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm glad that they just <laughs> opened up that sushi place. You know, the the little burger uh, the burger place there as well. Hi, Village Burger, Village yeah. Burger, and they just opened up the sushi place over there. So, you know, I, I like that. And uh, uh, I, I also belong to the, uh, uh, the uh, Orange Theory Fitness uh, right in Dunwoody, too. So, once again, supporting the local community. I, I think Dunwoody's great. I'm glad that, that, that they're still expanding, opening up more restaurants, and uh, although the, the pandemic is very challenging. And um, it's, a, it's a very entrepreneurial, growing little little niche city in, in, the, in the heart of Atlanta. But you're the only motivational speaker that I've found. In only, it. only smart, good-looking, successful one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Except for Justin. Yeah, yeah. I'll do well, well, just, but, you know, when you talk about motivation, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and a business owner first, uh, and I'm, I'm actually I'm a good guy first, an entrepreneur and business owner second, and a motivational speaker and a coach third. I think in order to run a successful business, you have to understand the fundamentals. You just can't fly by the seat of your pants anymore. When you look at what Dunwoody's doing with the entrepreneurs from real estate, with what you're involved in that, uh, restaurants, all the, the retail stores that are out there, marketing, customer service, maximizing your margins, uh, building relationships, finding ways to partner, that, that is much more difficult than just literally providing the service. You, you also know, uh, what's the burger guy that is in the, in the, the Chevron there? Uh, NFA, Billy? NFA burger, yeah. Billy, right? Yeah, you know, you know, very, very challenging times. He's been able to come out there and create a great product at the, in the back of a gas station. He's hopefully going to well, be did, Like you said, he did the brand building thing first. He had an Instagram page that had like 30,000 followers, and then he got into actually making a product. Right. And, and I, I bet if you talk to him, the easy part is making those amazing burgers with the NFA sauce on them. The hard part is getting above the noise and competing fairly and with integrity with the village burgers and the other places that are around. So, so I always say you have to often lose battles to win wars. And so being able to lose a battle, to provide free food, to apologize, to, to create a brand where it's not just about maximizing money, but nurturing relationships and building up the back end of your business so that you can eventually make the profit. And so what I did yeah. for many of the years of my 18 year old company is, you know, planted seeds, uh, pulled the weeds, 
nurtured relationships, built a great product. And then obviously March of 2019 or 2020, we all have had to pivot both with our families, uh, the homeschooling, all the craziness going on, and also with the businesses doing virtual calls now uh, and, and uh, building a business online. So it's been- but I, I think that that's helped you, you know, with your building the brand first. That's how, that's how you're succeeding through all this and switching. I've, I've listened to a bunch of your uh, podcasts. I think I'd listened to it years ago, actually. There was a John Lee Dumas, the entrepreneurs on fire. It's one right. of my favorites. And um, yeah, you were, they, he asked, what's the one thing that we need to do as entrepreneurs? Do you remember what you said for that? You the said, learn how to say no. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 You said, learn how to say no, but say yes to everything. But so, so, but so you, so you're right. Learn when to say no, but in order to earn the right to say no and be disciplined with your day, because like all of us on that are listening here, we're investing our time to learn a wing tip or two about business, about relationships, about life. And hopefully I can provide some on this call because people have to be very diligent with their schedules. We wake up, we've got to be, you know, I, I spend years as a fighter pilot in combat, a decorated veteran, all that good stuff. But you don't fly by the seat of your pants. You can't wing it when you want to be a success. So we need to be disciplined with our day, know what to say yes to and what to say no to. But a lot of people, in order to say no, at first, you've got to say yes a lot more than you say no. You've got to be the go-to guy or gal in your community, saying yes, sacrificing your time, building up your reputation capital before you've earned the right to say no, because you have to be myopic and extremely disciplined and do the things that truly move the needle in your business and your life. Well, you said yes to us. So I know you live by that. Right. <laughs> if you're going to come on our small show. And, and sometimes you, you have to sacrifice a little bit to, to, uh, to nurture relationships. And I, I, before I said yes, I researched a, a bit, Matt, and I like that you're an entrepreneur and I like uh, supporting local community folks who are trying to make a difference and impact, impact their wingman. Well, you're kind of you're kind of a big deal. I, I'll add a bio before the show, but you got New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller for Never Fly Solo is the book, and um, you're in the what is it? The Speaker Hall of Fame. I didn't know that was a thing, but the Association for Speakers is called the National Speakers Association. We have a couple okay. of members across the country, and you uh, you first compete for certifications. Obviously, as a real estate agent, you know you got to get your certifications, your realtor licenses, and all that other good stuff. So I I got what's called the the uh, uh, CSP, Certified Speaking Professional. But the next level is the Speaker Hall of Fame, and just like the Academy Awards or the you know, Music Hall of Fame. Or, and I'm fortunate to be one of around 200 in the world to be inducted. And uh, wow. it, was, uh, it was a hard road, but once I got that award, you got to rehack the clock because you're only as good as yesterday's speech and yesterday's uh, business uh, uh, when you got to continuously earn your wings every day, right? That's cool. I like how you throw in the wings and you've got all the, all the, the little sayings that you use. What, um, let's go back to your, your flying days. You were a claustrophobic and what was it? Acrophobic pilot. So a lot of what I discuss, especially for people who are overcoming challenges, you look at what's going on with the pandemic. There's a lot of uncertainty and fear, a lot of headwinds, a lot of, uh, paralysis going on when it comes to executing your life plan uh, for your kids, for your family, for your business. You know, Georgia, fortunately, has been relatively uh, 
independent in our ability to make our own choices. You know, we're not California or Michigan where they're mandating certain protocols. I think people are, are okay with making their choices. I do believe in wearing your mask and being careful, but I do think that you have to live your life by your own standards as long as you're not impacting other people. So in my opinion, and we don't, I don't want to get political with, with this, but you know, regardless of what you think about the pandemic or not, and the, 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 the fact that you may or not get COVID or if there's some conspiracy theories out there or whatever, if you realize doing something is going to not impact other people, hey, wear your mask, help others out. But in the comfort of your own home, you can do whatever you want. Um, that being said, I think your ability to adapt to changes as they occur and having the confidence and the resilience to stay in the fight and not quit is the key to success. I don't care if you're a parent, a business owner, or a teacher at one of the local schools that are teaching virtually or fortunately for some are able to, to school children uh, uh, in person. So I, I flew 65 combat missions as a fighter pilot and really long story short, three years into my 11 year flying career, I almost died in a scuba diving accident that brought out this latent claustrophobia. So if you can imagine me getting ready to fly a five hour training mission or an eight hour night combat mission, wondering if I was gonna have a panic attack at 30,000 feet. And for any person who's claustrophobic listening to this podcast, or dealing with anxiety or fear of some sort, you realize that it's not easy to be able to be stuck in a closet for five hours at a time in a tiny little cockpit. And so part of my story that I share for people who are overcoming massive change and uncertainty and fear is to, to know what you're fighting for to understand the why before you fly, the passion that, that gets you out of bed that doesn't necessarily keep you up at night, but what drives you to succeed, what drives you to, to stay in business, what drives you to, to deal with massive chaos and still keeps you in the cockpit. And, um, you know, we have to really double down on what we do every day, why we love what we do. Uh, and to build that resilience that isn't just a byproduct of meditating and, and uh, calling up friends for help or working out really, really important things to, to help you deal with change and fear, but also to be the type of leader and the type of entrepreneur for that matter, who's willing to go through the crucible, call it a six hour night combat mission or to revamp your business and learn brutally and uncomfortably how to run a business and sell virtually or whatever it is, right? And so learning resilience is a byproduct of being able to operate in that stressful environment to say, it sucks today. I'm not enjoying this. I am not having fun, but I'm going to build the scars of character that are a byproduct of the pain and suffering that people have to go through. And I know that's a little philosophical, but Matt, I'm sure you've dealt with some chaos in your life. Same with you, Justin, and, and people who are listening. Businesses dropped. 
Maybe your parents are in the hospital. Maybe your divorce paperwork was signed last week. Maybe your kids have fallen out, fallen out of school. Maybe you're dealing with some healthcare issues and weight that you have to lose. You have got to be willing to go through that pain and to get out of the other side of it with peace. And peace is a byproduct of knowing that you went through that crucible and became a better person because of it. Well said, well said. When you got out of the military um, and you went into the business world, what was that like? Did you acclimate, acclimate well to that? Or it's kind of, you know, it's discipline, but it's a different type of discipline, yeah. I feel and like. And so I knew I eventually wanted to go uh, into, the, into the, you know, become an entrepreneur. I'm a Jew from New York, so flying jets was only so good. Like I said, I, I wanted to make money, build a business, and create. I like creativity. I wanted to build something special. And so I went to business school. I knew that I didn't know a lot about business. So I wanted to earn my wings. And I said, what do I need to do? Went to business school, uh, struggled my way through that. I did night school actually at the end of my last couple of years of flying. And then I uh, knew I wanted to get into the world of sales, right? And so I hired a coach in Atlanta. I knew I wanted to go to Atlanta because my best friend from the Air Force Academy was there. You go where your friends are when you're single. And so I moved to Atlanta. Atlanta, hired a coach. He gave me some great advice on, on uh, finding the type of job I wanted, uh, how to negotiate your salary and your value proposition. We, I, I, I also, a headhunter helped me contingency plan what I would need to say if somebody said, look, Walter, you haven't sold a thing in your life. You just flew jets in the Air Force. What does flying jets have to do with sales? And so I knew I needed to talk about preparation. I needed to talk about leadership and influence and that if I can lead men and women in combat in Iraq who are stressed out depending on me to trust me that I could build that trust and dependability with people in the business world. And I would do it because of my relationships that I wouldn't fly by the seat of my pants before I picked up the phone, that I would do my due diligence and work and sacrifice just as I did in the military. And so I was able to get a job in defense contracting, kind of, which was based on my background and eventually wean myself from that. Uh, and after 9-11, I got into mergers and acquisitions, commission only, commission only sales, working with uh, the CEO who I had a relationship with from years before and my twin brother, my ultimate wingman was involved as well. So I did that for a couple of years, was making zero to 50 grand a month doing pretty well. And then I uh, got the speaking bug after speaking at a local uh, technology uh, networking event in town, uh, talking about my combat and dealing with change and all that, and then got the bug. And, you know, 18 years later, here I am. Yeah. Coaching for yourself, right? Coaching for myself, right? Had, had a lot of help, right? A lot. Of, I always talk about, you know, being able to ask for help. Yeah, I just realized how important it was to have a coach in real yeah, estate. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, yeah. You you need that coach because you may you have a limited picture. And part of the philosophy of being a wingman in my in my book, Never Fly Solo, is we all have blind spots in our life. If you're and and one plus one equals eleven, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Did I say that on the podcast? Yeah, I heard you say well, that. Before. Well done. Well done. I appreciate you. Uh, really, you you didn't just listen. You remembered. But if you can imagine us in this plane. This um, for those that are that are aren't you're obviously not watching it, but I'm showing them a picture of an F-16 on my office, right, or a, a model. When you're in that jet, you're the flight lead, and you can see out front 
and to your left and right pretty easy, but behind you, you can't see. You don't know if you're leaking fuel or on fire or if a missile's coming at you. However, if you have a wingman or a wingmam on your wing, it's easier for him or her to look over your shoulder and see what you can't see, to call out the threat, to make you aware of some of those blind spots and the, and the variables that are there and the missiles and, and contingencies that are there. And then it's your job to trust the feedback from that wingman and take action. And so part of life and part of the relationship building and business building, you know, process is building relationships with great people who are going to have your back, call out the threats, uh, who care enough about you to give you the feedback that you may not want to hear, but need to hear. And then finally, to have the maturity, the self-awareness and discipline to take the action and getting your ego out of the way, saying, man, if I didn't take action, I'd get shot down. Thank God I got a guy like Matt or Justin or Sabrina or Laura who is, has my back, you know, I built a relationship with who are going to cover my blind spots. So that's part of life. And that's why relationships are important because we have our strengths and weaknesses and we need to be willing to pivot and propel when, uh, when a missile comes or an opportunity comes. Uh, it's not only about fear and dodging missiles. It's about, hey, Matt, I got a great idea for you. Here's an opportunity that you can take out. Here's a way to grow your business. Here's a way how to build, uh, be a better dad or wing mom or wing dad. And you got to surround yourself with the right people too. Yep. The ones who have integrity and passion and the right work ethic and the same, uh, same true North as you, because there are very talented people out there, but if they don't operate from that same metric, that same core, those core values that you do, there may be a little bit of dissonance in that relationship. We all know people that are listening. There are a lot of quote unquote successful people, but you may not trust them, uh, to, to play softball with, you may not trust them in business, right? So to each his own, you got to find your right tribe, your find your right uh, group of wingmen. Part of your business is people call you up and say, Waldo, I, I, I need your help, you know, and then what do you do at that point? You say, okay, here's the kind of the package that I've got. Uh, like you're going to, you're going to talk to people. How does this work? So every, every individual is different. I do individual coaching for entrepreneurs and, and executives as well. But I also do group coaching. So if you have a sales team or a small group of five to 10 people, or you're running a $25 million operation and you want just your sales leaders and operational staff on, it, it's going to vary. But I don't have a set package. It really depends on the needs and challenges because I'm not the right fit for everybody. Uh, everybody, for example, if somebody is not willing to be told they're wrong or to be willing to... Uh, realize that the, to, to not be open to change and is a little obstinate and resilient and, and or resistant to change, then they're probably not for me. Uh, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a fighter pilot. Uh, I, I tell it like it is, but I also believe in hugs as well as kicks in the butt, right? You, I, I'm not your yes man coach. And so culturally there needs to be alignment. Uh, and so it's just having a conversation and finding out what the issues are. One of my buddies, uh, who he's actually a buddy now, he was my, 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 my mentee in the past. He, he's a great guy, works with Stevens, Very, very successful guy. 
after several conversations, I realized that his biggest problem wasn't his business. It was his relationship with his spouse. The fact that he wasn't showing up every day, that he took the relationship for granted and that he was failing to nurture that most important bond of marriage that's critical to creating a successful life. I think we've all realized we have a, a different relationship through this whole pandemic too, being around them all the time. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, how many times has somebody called you up and then by the end of the call, you were just like, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I don't want, I don't want, this. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to be your coach. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, cause some of them, you know, you got to work on the, on the fundamentals, you know, Jim Rohn, the famous philosopher, he passed away around a decade ago said, work harder on yourself than you do on the job. And so I need to assess their ability and openness to, to flexing and doing things differently in the past. Many of us are numb with our protocols and processes. Many of us don't want to shift and go through the hard work of perhaps getting up a little earlier, saying daily doing a daily meditation perhaps, reading something positive that gives you a, a vector and alignment of success that triggers you emotionally and mentally to think positively. Uh, and to be proactive with your day as opposed to reactive. And many of us are reactive. I'm a victim as well. I'm guilty of it many times, you know, looking at the phone and letting it hijack the day as opposed to saying, no, I'm going to read my, my devotional. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to start my day in service, which is something I try and do, do something nice for my wife or son. It'd be a feeding the dog, making a cup of coffee, saying something kind and loving to my wife, giving her a hug, physical hug, telling my kid he's a great kid and, and that he needs to be somebody's wingman today. And so we always have to be open because we also have blind spots. Somebody's failure, uh, somebody may consider themselves a failure, but compared to you, they're extremely successful. So it's always about evolution and growth. And I never have the answer after a first call. It takes time to marinate. And so just like anything, uh, it, it takes time to understand the holistic aspect of somebody's personal development and growth. As a matter of fact, there's my buddy Chip Eigelberger calling me on the phone right now. He's a fellow speaker and, a, and, a, and a, a, a coach of mine because I have a saying, make your friends your mentors and your mentors your friends. So part of my assessment, if I were coaching you and Matt, Justin, I'd say, who are you hanging out with on the weekends? Who are you calling? If you have a challenge, if God forbid you had COVID tomorrow or your business took a tank or you had a victory that you wanted to share with somebody, who would you call? Who's on that list? And if the list is small or non-existent, it may mean that you're not putting enough time creating relationship capital in your community, giving, consulting, sacrificing, and nurturing so that, as Elizabeth Dole once said, you're, you're not waiting for the, when she was, when she ran the Red Cross, you're not waiting for the rivers to flood before you're building relationships. So if you're only hanging out with the guys and gals from high school, and you have the same friends and relationships that you did this year as you did 10 years ago, you're not expanding and growing your network because if you're, you, you should be a different person than you were last year and definitely a decade ago. One of my favorite stories that you had 
was the mastermind that you got out of. Right. Oh, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a tough for you to leave, you know, the group of guys that you were with, but you knew that you weren't getting any better being around them and they realized it after you left and. Yeah. You're kind of using up the, uh, the, the juice, you, you you realize that, you know, what worked for me last year with this relationship or five years ago, I'm not getting no longer getting anything out of it. And so it's important to kind of reassess those relationships, your mastermind groups for those that are listening to the podcast, but that don't know what a mastermind group is. It's called, uh, it's, it came from a, a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Write that book down if you're a business person or a mom or dad, you know, looking to get better. Growing rich, by the way, isn't just a product, byproduct of revenue and money. It's rich in your personal development and your, and your mindset. So a mastermind group is a group of like-minded individuals who you get together with virtually or in person once a week, once a month or a couple of times or whatever, and you share best practices. You call each other out. You push each other to be better. You are a sounding board of your, your, your processes. So you have people who know you enough uh, who could give you some great advice. And, and sometimes your, your, that mastermind group may need to be, be changed and, and, or shifted. So that's what I discussed is, hey, these folks weren't serving me and I wasn't serving them and it's time to kind of get a polite divorce. Didn't mean that you can't have a relationship, but not enough to invest our time, which is such a precious resource these days. Real quick, what do you think about these co-working spaces? We talked to, uh, uh, what was it, Creative? Uh, what, was, what was the place? Ravi. Ravi, uh, the, the business, though. Um, oh, Imagine Co-working? Yeah, yeah. Just started one right here. Put together his mastermind type thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he brought up a great point. He didn't want the co-working space to be all real estate agents, you know, because why not, you know, mix in with people that you're not used to talking to, you know? That's, that's so critical. Yeah. Because you, in the mastermind group, one of the challenges I think that we had was we, most of us had the same business. We were keynote speakers and leadership keynote speakers, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to get too much into detail, but why not create a mastermind group? And this is why I created my own, uh, my, my, my new mastermind group has high level entrepreneurs from different industries, from, uh, financial services, from manufacturing, from uh, retail, folks who approximately have the same, you know, challenges, revenue, groups of people that they work with, you know, 20 to 50 million in sales, et cetera. But you want different, different aspects and different skill sets to come to that table. Fundamental core values must be the same, integrity, work ethic, family values, whatever, the, the, that's the core, that's, that's the, the ingredients of the, of, the, of the cake that you're making. But you also want to make a cake and you also want to have a, you know, a filet mignon and a, and a vegetarian dish and all that. So you need other like-minded individuals with different skill sets to give you ideas on finance, sales and marketing, HR, social media. So as you're developing these mastermind groups, bring in experts from different industries and different skill sets. So if you're in real estate, hey, maybe somebody from, uh, you know, the mortgage industry, maybe somebody from social media, Lord knows we need, we need top guns in that regard. And so vet them out and assess them and then date a little bit uh, at first because you, you don't want to have a, uh, somebody on that, and that mastermind group is just taking it all in and, and sucking off the sap of the, of, of the tree that you're creating. You also want them to be contributing 
and contributing with acumen and ideas and courage, because sometimes you may need to tick each other off while you're coaching each other. Um, sure. And this is how people get, get better. You may show up at work tomorrow, be it in your home office, or you may wake up, look yourself in the mirror and say, I, I don't have an answer today. I'm, I'm lost. I'm unmotivated. I'm struggling with a business challenge that I have, and I don't have an answer. But when you connect with somebody, either a formal mastermind group or a friend who's a mentor or a peer you've developed a relationship with and get into this discussion like you and I are all having, then a solution may pop up. An idea may germinate. Different way of looking at it, yeah. Bingo. And you're like, man, I showed up today dumb, stupid, afraid, and paralyzed. But thanks to you, Matt and Justin, I've got an idea now. And that's why... I have a saying, innovation starts with conversation. As long as you're Love honest, it. as long as you're honest and, and, and are courageous enough to admit that you don't know or that you're afraid or that somebody's wrong and here's why and here's, here's what I'm seeing. Now you're really building great trust and relationships with people and you're like, man, uh, and, and you realize that's why you're not flying solo. That's the whole premise of my book. I love it. Love it. And this is uh, this has been great, man. I appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, you know, I know you've got a busy day ahead of you. Uh, thanks for fitting us in. And yeah, so what, what, give us a call to action. How can fi people find out more about you? So, so if you want to connect with me on uh, on uh, LinkedIn, I'm at Waldo Waldman. If you Google Waldo Waldman or go to Waldo Waldman on LinkedIn, uh, I'm there and Twitter and social media, Facebook, etc. And, uh, and also, I, I want to give everybody the, uh, an opportunity to download my New York Times bestseller, Never Fly Solo. It's, an, it's also an audiobook version. Uh, you can buy it for 20 bucks on Audible, but I'm going to give you a free link. Uh, you could do it two ways. Uh, you go to yourwingman.com forward slash NFS, like Never Fly Solo, yourwingman.com forward slash NFS as a never fly solo, put your name and email address in. And also you can text the word wingman to 44222. Text the, text the word wingman to the number 44222 and uh, put your email address in. You'll get a copy of that book. You're in Dunwoody. I don't care who you share it with, how many you share it with. Uh, and, and even your kids may get something out of it if you have a, an adult child or a teenager. It is. It's a great book. It really is. I really enjoyed it. And then your uh, your goal cast that was that was a I think it's like eleven minute clip that was just unbelievable too. So I shared that on social media this morning. Thank. Um, but yeah, every, everybody check him out. I think this is the least that we've ever talked on a podcast. We just sat here listening to you, but. Yeah, man, this is this has been great. I really appreciate it. I hope I didn't yap too much, but um, no, it's great. That's why I can't interrupt. You know, well, you guys are great, and uh, and uh, you know, people people uh, always are, are looking once again for for a new idea, a new solution, and I and I love Dunwoody. I think one day I may be uh, doing something politically in town here, maybe in the future. Ah, telling me cool. we can maybe help you with that, but uh, but I love the community because it's a caring, compassionate community. I don't care where you. Uh, if you're a Democrat or Republican, uh, my, my favorite quote, and I'll leave you with this, is when you sip from the fountain, don't forget who dug the well. 
We are well diggers in our community. We're dealt well diggers in the United States of America, uh, but we need to appreciate those who came before us who are digging the well. And I want everybody to go out there and dig somebody else as well. Be their wingman or wingman. And, uh, and that's how we can make, uh, make Dunwoody uh, just a, a better place to live and a better place to, uh, to love. And push it up, right? Push up the throttle. Execute. <laughs> Commit. Go all in. Thanks, Paul. Right, thanks a lot, Waldo. God bless Appreciate you. Appreciate it.